your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 273 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And obviously a lot to talk about regarding last night's really tough 4-3 loss to the New Jersey Devils. It was a game where I think the Rangers, the biggest mistake that they made, the biggest kind of misstep that they had in the game, so to speak, was just a rough beginning. And it wasn't a disastrous beginning. It's not like they were sleepwalking out there, but... Clearly in the first 10 or so minutes of this game, uh, you could tell the Devils had a little, just a little bit more jump in their game than the Rangers did. Obviously, they got an early goal from Travis Zajac, and the Rangers were basically playing from behind the rest of the night. I know that Chris Kreider tied the game at one in the second period, but for the most part, the Rangers were kind of in catch-up mode through this entire game. And it's a shame because if you take away uh, that somewhat slow start that the Rangers had there, I thought this was a very evenly played game. And really, I think the Rangers even had the better of play. I mean, you look at the total shots on goal. The Rangers had 50 shots on goal. The Devils had just 20 eight. It was a case where I think the Rangers ran into a hot goalie. Mackenzie Blackwood was very good in both games against the Boston Bruins. He was very good again last night. And if they get just a mediocre performance out of their goalie rather than a very, very good performance as they did last night, I don't think the Devils win this game. I don't think there's any way that the Rangers are held off by the Devils down the stretch in this game. But there were some positives for the Rangers. First and foremost, they stayed out of the penalty box for the most part. We did not yet get five minutes into a game without taking a penalty. We are 0 for 3 on that on the season. We will try again on Friday, as I tweeted out during the game last night. But for the most part, the Rangers avoided the penalty box. They avoided stupid penalties and just gave the Devils two power plays. Devils converted on one of them. And on the other side of that coin, the Rangers ended up with six power plays, and they converted on two of them. So very, very nice to see the power play kind of take wing because even the the power plays where the Rangers didn't score, I thought they definitely looked dangerous. Probably at least five out of the six, I would say, they had what I would call a good-looking power play. And so that was obviously nice to see after the Rangers had kind of struggled to convert on their power play opportunities in the first two games against the New York Islanders. And it's weird because, you know, two for six, that sounds pretty good. You're going to take that most nights. The way the Rangers are playing on the power play, you almost feel like, ah, man, they should have gotten one more. And and certainly at the end of the game, uh, it felt like the equalizer was coming. Uh, The Rangers got a late power play with about 320 or so to go in the contest. They even pulled their goalie late in the power play to get a six on four with about two minutes remaining there. I think it was 204 when uh, Shesterkin made his way to the bench. But unfortunately, it just never came. They really had a golden opportunity. Ryan Strom had a golden opportunity from the doorstep to notch the equalizer late in the third period here. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, he decided to try for the one extra pass to Chris Kreider and kind of just put a little too much sauce on it, especially because it was kind of a short-range pass. And he tried to move the puck to Kreider instead of just taking the shot himself. If he shoots, there's a good chance he scores. At the same time, you know, I don't want to kill Ryan Strom here because if you complete that one extra pass, you know, a lot of times people have issues when a team tries to go for one extra pass and and they see that extra pass as being somewhat unnecessary. But if Strom is able to connect with Kreider on this pass, it's 
guaranteed going to be a goal. So I get what he was thinking there, trying to set up his teammate on the doorstep there for an easy tap and goal. But at the same time, I think Ryan Strom's got to let it rip there. And again, as David Quinn said in his presser after this game, I thought the Rangers basically uh, were not good for the first 10 minutes of the first period. Quinn kind of took it a little bit of a step further. He said the Rangers played 48 minutes in this game. So we'll go with Quinn's numbers. We'll say that the Rangers just... And again, I don't want to say flat because I don't think they were flat. I think the Devils just had, you know, a little half step on the Rangers for the first 12 minutes of this game, just a little bit more opportunistic. And again, the Rangers giving up an early goal, which was obviously a problem in the first game against the New York Islanders. That's something that you don't want to become a trend. But Travis Zajac scored early in the first period, just 32 seconds into the game for the Devils to give them a 1-0 lead. And really just not a good goal for the Rangers to give up here. They were a little bit slow, I thought, getting off and getting on the ice here for a line change. Jack Johnson a little bit late to get into position for the Rangers here. And Miles Wood ends up taking a pretty uncontested shot from the right faceoff circle there. Georgiev makes the save, but he gives up the rebound. And then Zajac is there to shoot it into the far side of the net inside the far post and... Gives the Devils a one nothing lead. Just really a goal that didn't need to happen. Like I said, I thought the Rangers were a little bit sloppy on their line change here. Jack Johnson maybe a little bit late getting into position. And Georgiev, I think the initial shot by Miles Wood, that's one he would have liked to have back because he made the save, but it pretty much hit him right in his glove. And, and I think more often than not, Georgiev is going to hang on to that there. But for whatever reason, he gave up kind of a juicy rebound. And uh, Travis Zajac is there to clean it up. And just like that, it's one nothing. Uh, again, just a goal that you didn't think that the Rangers really should have given up here. And as for Georgiev as a whole on the night, he obviously was not as good in this one as he was against the Islanders on Saturday. I think that pretty much goes without saying. I don't know that there were any truly, truly egregious goals that he allowed to get by him. But by that same token, I don't think any of them were completely impossible to stop. You know, I and this was a great example of that. I think of all the goals that he gave up, and again, he allowed four goals in two periods before getting yanked for Igor Shesterkin. But I think of all the goals that he allowed to get by him, this is probably the worst. And again, it wasn't all on him. The Rangers were late getting into position. A little bit of a sloppy line change there. But again, the puck hit Georgiev right in the glove, and he just couldn't handle it. And then the rebound gets by him as well. So uh, again, not a banner night for Alex Georgiev. Not a complete disaster either. But uh, I think all signs are definitely pointing toward Igor Shesterkin starting Friday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rangers will obviously be looking for a bounce back there and looking to get back to 500 for the second time this season. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Just wanted to let you guys know about Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, so we talked about the early goal by Travis Zajac, and as far as the rest of this first period goes, I mean, not again, not a great start for the New York Rangers. We already talked about that. And Chris Kreider, for the second time in as many games, takes what was kind of an unnecessary penalty. You know, it was in the attacking zone, just inside the Devils' blue line, and he gets called for a tripping penalty. Kind of a ticky-tack goal. I mean, it's getting to the point with some of these penalties where it's almost like the catch rule in the NFL. I'm not. I'm pretty soon. I'm not going to know what a penalty is. Just like I don't know what a catch is when I watch football anymore. But this was on the borderline. It seems like officials, at least going by these first three Ranger games, officials in the NHL kind of calling a little bit tight right now as far as penalties are concerned. But I, I suppose as long as they're consistent, it's fine. And if you're the Rangers, you really got to stay away from these early penalties because you're already down one nothing. And then about two minutes into the game here, you're taking a penalty and you're putting the Devils on a power play with a chance to go up two to nothing. You know, two or three minutes into the game here, obviously not an ideal start. And this is a point that I've made in the past as well. But if you take a penalty here, even if you kill off the power play, which the Rangers did, it's just a tough way to start a game back on your heels. But this was a good penalty kill for the Rangers. Almost no opportunities to speak of for the Devils. Guys like Ryan Strome, Pavel Buchnevich continue to get time on the penalty kill. Uh, Jacob Truba came up with a really important clear here as well to just kind of get the puck out of harm's way. And then we get to the aforementioned 10 or 12 minute mark of the first period here. And this is where the Rangers start to find their game a little bit. I thought it was a shift by the Kako, Phil Giuseppe, and Philip Hedo line that really kind of got them going a little bit here. Adam Fox and Jack Johnson were out there as well. But the Rangers really maintained possession of the puck for a long time in the the Devils zone. Uh, Johnson made a pass to Kako. Kako immediately passed back to Fox. Fox took a shot that unfortunately didn't get through, but this was the Rangers' best shift here. The Devils were absolutely gassed, and when they finally did work the puck out of their zone, all they could do was dump it into the Rangers' zone and just kind of trudge off to the bench. I mean, you could tell these guys were exhausted, and it's too bad because I think if the Rangers maintain possession of the puck in the Devils' zone for another 10 or 15 or 20 seconds. They're definitely going to score a goal. They were absolutely buzzing here. And again, the Devils could barely skate at this point. It was all they could do to just kind of work the puck out and just kind of drag themselves over to their bench for a line change. But I think the close of the first period here was very encouraging for Ranger fans. They start the second period uh, pretty much right where they left off at the end of the first period here. There was an instance early in the second period here where Brandon Lemieux was just awesome. Like, if you're a Ranger fan, I don't know how you don't love this guy. Basically, he gets in the way of a P.K. Subban slap shot, which is a perilous enough situation as it is. But then Lemieux, you know, he doesn't go off for a change because the Devils still have possession of the puck in the Rangers' zone. And he's basically, you know, crawling around the ice. He can barely stand and finds a way to once again just kind of drag himself over in front of P.K. Subban in front of another slap shot and blocks a second P.K. Subban slap shot. So it obviously takes guts to do that. And eventually Lemieux is able to get off for a line change. And he was fine after that, it looked like. I mean, he was hurting a little bit on the bench, but I don't think he missed any shifts or anything like that. But I mean, just a tremendously gutsy sequence here for Brennan Lemieux, twice blocking slap shots from P.K. Subban, and P.K. Subban can obviously let it rip from the blue line there. So that was awesome to see from Brennan Lemieux. And actually, between these two block shots by Brennan Lemieux here, uh, Keandre Miller put a really big hit on his guy behind the Ranger net. The Devils had worked the puck behind the Ranger net around the boards there, and Miller just uh, leveled his guy. So that was the first really big hit that I think Keandre Miller has dished out. And then we get our first dust-up of the evening, or our first noticeable dust-up at least. Uh, Ryan Strom gets to a loose puck, puts it on net, Blackwood freezes it, and a lot of pushing and shoving after the whistle here. Truba, Panarin, and Lafreniere all in there. Fun to see Artemi Panarin really kind of stick his nose in there. He'll do that from time to time. I mean, I know he's, you know, obviously one of the most skilled players in the league, but if there's a little bit of a mix-up, you know, he's not afraid to, to get involved in it. And cool to see Lafreniere in there as well. You'd just expect that from Jacob Truba, but... Ryan Strom actually put his shot off of Ryan Lindgren's knee. Lindgren was in deep, kind of in the crease. And out of all this, this big skirmish here, the Rangers actually end up with a power play. McLeod is the one who ends up taking the penalty for the Devils. And you 
you start with a lineup of Strom, Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, and Fox. Zibanejad had a great chance to score. He faked a slap shot from the right circle and then took a wrist shot instead, but Blackwood stayed with him all the way. And then we had Adam Fox send the puck to his left into the left faceoff circle to Artemi Panarin for a one-timer. Blackwood makes the save, and then Kreider gets to the rebound. He tries to pass it kind of behind his back to Mika Zibanejad. A little bit of a short centering pass there is what Kreider was going for. But it actually goes off of Murray's skate and into the net. So 1-1 Rangers at that point. And Rangers catch a little bit of a break here, but I think they were playing hard, and sometimes you earn those breaks. The hockey gods just kind of smile down upon you, and I think that's what kind of happened here for the Rangers, getting the equalizer goal. The very next shift, and this was kind of an issue for the Rangers all night. You know, we mentioned the short start in the first period. If there's another issue, it's how they responded after a goal was scored because there were a couple instances where the Rangers would cut the deficit to one, and then just a couple of minutes later, the Devils would score again. And on the very next shift here, Georgiev had to make a really tough save through heavy traffic. He does not allow a rebound, but a face-off is forthcoming in the Rangers' zone, and the Devils get a shot from the point by Ty Smith. And Georgiev gets a little piece of it, but it gets by him and bounces off the post, and it's just laying there in the crease. And Jack Hughes saw it all the way for the Devils, followed the play into the crease, and stuffed it home for one of the easiest goals that he'll ever score. Unfortunately, I think Ryan Lindgren, I'm not really sure what happened here. Either he thought the initial shot went into the net and just kind of gave up on the play, or he just wasn't sure where the puck was and just couldn't locate it in time. I mean, he had to have heard it hit the post. I mean, if we at home can hear it, he can definitely hear it standing just a couple of feet away. But whatever the reason, uh, Jack Hughes was able to get to the rebound and put it home. And again, I'm not sure if Lindgren just couldn't find the puck or thought that the initial shot had gone into the net. It's unfortunate because I think if, if Lindgren would have known where the puck was, he was a little bit closer to it than Jack Hughes was, and I think he would have been able to get there and clear it out of harm's way. And he reacted kind of late. He saw Jack Hughes moving toward the puck, and then he tried to get in there and prevent the scoring opportunity, but by then it was obviously too late. And it's funny because we've talked about the Rangers, how they take bad penalties at times, and you know we saw one bad penalty at least by Chris Kreider early in the game here. Obviously, they got the penalties under control in this game as opposed to the first two games, but... We've also talked about how you can understand taking a penalty if you have to trip somebody down, if you have to hold somebody to prevent a scoring opportunity. If Ryan Lindgren could have just basically bear-hugged Jack Hughes and just tackled him to the ice here, that would have been an excellent penalty because there was nothing that was going to stop Jack Hughes at this point from putting this puck home other than just basically grabbing him, grabbing his stick, doing whatever you got to do, tripping him anything to prevent this puck from going in. Uh, that would have been certainly a penalty that you could live with if you're a Ranger fan when you're trying to stop somebody from putting the puck into a wide-open net. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Devil's back on top 2-1. to one. And then this was a really, really big sequence in the game, almost kind of bordering on a two-goal swing, if you will, because the Rangers, they come back with some pressure after this. Brett Howden actually draws a penalty behind the Devil's net. P.K. Subban goes off for holding. It's not much, but they do call that. When you grab somebody, they're going to call it, and you're going to be going to the sin bin for two minutes. But... The Rangers get an opportunity. Zibanejad takes a shot. The save is made. And then Kreider put the rebound just wide. I mean, this couldn't have been wide by more than, you know, three inches or so. And then, just a couple seconds later, Kreider actually puts his shot off the post after receiving a pass from Ryan Strom behind the net. So the Rangers cannot convert on this power play opportunity. The man advantage expires. And then Truba was trying to hold the puck in the devil's zone. Unfortunately, he turns the puck over. Hughes takes the puck. 
goes in alone on a breakaway and goes five-hole on Alex Georgiev. So that was really unfortunate. The Rangers come within inches twice of getting the equalizing goal, a goal that would have tied the game at two. And instead, the power play expires. The Rangers don't score. And then just a couple of seconds later, you get this turnover. You get Jack Hughes going in alone on Alex Georgiev and converting on his opportunity to make the score 3-1. So kind of a two-goal swing there and really just an unfortunate sequence for the Rangers. And then still down 3-1 to one in the second period here. The Rangers get another opportunity on the power play. Philip DiGiuseppe actually made some really nifty moves to gain entry into the Devils' zone. He gets the puck to Philip Hedl, and then Philip Hedl is tripped up. And again, Rangers back on the man advantage. And once again, they convert. And once again, Adam Fox collecting an assist. He passes from the blue line in deep to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad is near the goal line, so he's shooting from kind of a tough angle here. And he did not get all of his shot. The puck kind of fluttered. It was a little bit of a knuckle puck like from the Mighty Ducks, but it went into the net. And uh, Blackwood did get a little piece of it with his right shoulder, but not enough to prevent the puck from going in. 3-2, to and Fox and Panarin both picking up their second assist of the game on this goal here. Rangers almost get the equalizer shortly after this. Lafreniere and Panarin a little pitch and catch here. Lafreniere throws it at the net, and Strom was near the net. He actually got a deflection, but Blackwood snagged it, did not give up a rebound. Like we said, Mackenzie Blackwood was the difference in this game. I think that the Rangers overall had the better of play, and if you take out the first 10 or 12 minutes, wherever you want to draw the line there, I think the Rangers definitely had the better of play. You can go by any stat, or you can just go by the eye test. Rangers spent far more time in the Devils' zone than the Devils spent in the Rangers' zone, and I think a lot of the Devils' goals were of the quick strike variety, which kind of sounds strange saying that about a team that struggled so much to score goals last season, but it was just one of those games where the Rangers couldn't quite get over the hump. And then Jacob Truba takes a penalty for high sticking. I mean, he didn't do it on purpose. He just got to be a little bit more careful than perhaps he was on this play. It was not a great night for the Truba-Lingren pairing. We're going to get to that in just a second. But the Devils do take advantage of their power play opportunity here. Again, it was a much better night for the Rangers in terms of not taking penalties. Just two power plays allowed to the Devils on the night. But they do convert on this one. Jack Hughes with a cross-ice pass to his right to Miles Wood. Wood is right near the crease. And I was surprised the Rangers didn't challenge this because it went off of Wood's skate and into the net. Now, that in and of itself is a legal goal. The only way it would be deemed an illegal goal is if there is a distinct kicking motion, which this kind of bordered on because Wood's skate, if you watch this, was kind of moving forward in the direction of the net. You are allowed to purposely have the puck go off of your skate or any other part of your body and into the net. There just cannot be a distinct kicking motion, and this was very close to being just that because his skate, it looked like, was moving forward. Now, you could argue that maybe he was just positioning his skate. He was extending his leg to better position his skate to allow the puck to deflect off of his skate and into the net, but you could also make the argument that this was a kicking motion. I thought this was probably worth a challenge from the Rangers, especially when you consider that, you know, it's a big difference. 3-2, 4-2 late in the second period, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, no challenge came from the Rangers. David Quinn was asked about it after the game. He mentioned that he didn't think they were going to win it. They may not have. I still think if I'm the Rangers, I'm going to give it a chance here because the refs call that one pretty tight, I think. When there's a goal that's being reviewed for a distinct kicking motion, if they see any kind of forward motion from the skate that assists the puck in going into the net, a lot of times it gets overturned. So I think this was probably worth a chance. Who knows? I mean, it's it seems so case-by-case case anymore with, with these goals. There's times where you think for sure a goal is going to stand or you think a goal is going to get overturned or a goal was initially called no goal and you think it's going to be called a goal. It kind of feels like you're just playing roulette at this point or just flipping a coin at times. But again, I do think this is probably worth a challenge if you're the Rangers here. And Alex Georgiev kind of stumbled on this play. Again, it was not a banner night for Alex Georgiev. I don't think it was a complete disaster either, but probably 
could have been in better position here to uh, prevent this scoring opportunity. And it was somewhat ironic because just a few minutes later, P.K. Subban scored a goal. Looked like it was going to be 5-2 to two Devils, but the Rangers actually do challenge this goal, and it was obviously a good challenge. David Quinn now 2-2 two for two on the season, but they get this one overturned because the play was offside. So the score stays 4-2 to two Devils, but again, I think maybe they should have challenged the other one, the one that would score by using his skate to deflect the puck into the net and make it 4-2 at that point. And then at the end of the second period, Jacob Truba, a last-second scoring chance in deep, uh, but Blackwood made a heck of a save to keep the Devils' lead at 4-2 at that point. Adam Fox won a battle for the puck along the boards, but Truba just couldn't bury it. Fox basically just threw it toward the center of the ice, realizing that time was about to run out in the second period, and uh, Truba not quite able to get it past Blackwood there, and it's 4-2 going into the third period. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big time playoff matchups right around the corner. And there is only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code Locked On in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag bet online. I gotta let you guys know about Locked On NHL. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We will conclude our discussion of this Rangers-Devils game in just a second here, but I did want to share this. We got a tweet from Vince Mercagliano. He's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past, but he noted that the Rangers are practicing right now. Mika Zibanejad is not on the ice for practice. Neither is Brandon Lemieux. Uh, the Rangers are calling it a maintenance day for right now, and that's just kind of par for the course with these hockey injuries. I mean, they just seem to get vaguer and vaguer by the year, by the month, by the day, whatever you want to go by. So obviously we'll keep our eye on that going forward. The Rangers, good news, they got a couple of days to heal, both Mika Zibanejad and Brian Lemieux. The Rangers do not play today. They do not play tomorrow. They will be back in action on Friday, their first row game of the season against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But getting back to this game against the Devils here, and more specifically the third period, Rangers make a change in net. They put Igor Shesterkin in for Alex Georgiev. Georgiev, like we mentioned, not as sharp in this game as he was in Saturday's game against the Islanders. I don't think it was a total disaster either. He did make a couple of nice saves, but if you're David Quinn, you're looking at a situation where the game very easily could have been 5-2 to two at this point. Uh, it was only 4-2 to two because the one goal got overturned due to the Devils being offside. But yeah, Georgiev just did not have his A game on this evening on a night where he really needed to have his A game because Mackenzie Blackwood was razor sharp on the other side of the ice. This is not a move that I anticipated going from the second period into the third period, but it actually makes complete sense when you think about it because, again, Georgiev was not sharp, 
And you got to figure Igor Shosturkin is going to start Friday's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think even if Alex Georgiev had another solid performance in this game, they probably would have gone back to Igor Shosturkin for the fourth game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just get the feeling that it's going to be a fairly even timeshare between the two goalies early in the season until somebody gets some separation. I still do think that will eventually be Igor Shosturkin, but obviously the book is still out there. And as far as Shesterkin getting into this game, once again, it does make sense when you combine the fact that Alex Georgiev did not have his A game with the fact that Igor Shesterkin has not seen the ice since opening night. And that was on Thursday the 14th. This game against the Pittsburgh Penguins will be on Friday the 22nd. So if Shesterkin didn't play here, you're looking at eight days between Igor Shesterkin being in game action for the Rangers. And Shesterkin played very well in relief in this game, stopped all eight shots that he faced, and gave the Rangers a chance to come back, which they nearly did. They get back into the game in the third period, exactly seven minutes into the third period, on a goal by Philip Hedl, but the entire thing was set up by Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich basically weaves around a guy in the neutral zone, strong drive toward the net, uh, loses control of the puck, but the puck goes behind the net. He's got both New Jersey Devil defensemen chasing him back behind the goal line there, and Buchnevich gets to the puck and immediately plays it behind his back, back in front to Phil DiGiuseppe. Now, DiGiuseppe is, it looks like he's trying to stuff the puck home, but in reality, I think what he was actually doing here was attempting to pass the puck off the pads of Mackenzie Blackwood and get it to deflect over to Philip Hedl, and that's exactly what happens, and Hedl stuffs it home to make the score 4-3 with exactly 13 minutes remaining in the game. Uh, just an outstanding individual effort by Pavel Buchnevich here, not giving up on the play, creating something out of nothing, exploding toward the devil net, and uh, following up the play behind the goal line, and this is something that I don't know that we see from Pavel Buchnevich early last season. He played much, much better down the stretch last year. And it's been great to see Buchnevich get off to a great start this year, just becoming a more assertive player, a more determined player, a guy who's willing to stick his nose in there and just compete on every single shift. And again, a great play by Philip DiGiuseppe. I've been very impressed by Philip DiGiuseppe over these last two games as well. He's got a couple of assists, but more than that, uh, he goes in really hard on the forecheck, really seems to battle for the puck along the boards, and just a hard-nosed player. And again, somebody who's valuable to the Rangers because this is a player who they feel very comfortable. We saw it last year, and we're starting to see it a little bit this year. They feel like they can move him up and down the lineup and put him with any two line mates, and, and he'll be right at home. He can make it work no matter who he's out there with. He's not an offensive juggernaut, but he does a lot of little things that can help the Rangers win some games, and I think he's off to a great start this year. And great to see Filipino crashing the net here, following the play, and uh, getting his first goal of the season as well. Just a couple minutes later, there was a play that made me jump out of my seat because Brandon Lemieux had a golden opportunity. He sprung into the zone on kind of a partial breakaway. He gets behind the defenseman there. He goes across the goal crease, pulls the puck to his backhand, can't quite tuck it past Mackenzie Blackwood, but he does draw a holding penalty and gives the Rangers a chance on the power play. I wanted Brandon Lemieux to score this goal so bad. I kind of had flashbacks to that game against Montreal where you know he took a beating the entire game, scored two goals, kind of keyed the Ranger four-goal comeback last season against the Canadians, and it kind of seemed like this was uh, sort of the condensed version of that because we had that sequence earlier in the game where he's out there flopping all around the ice and throwing himself in the way of P.K. Subban's slap shots, and then he gets a chance to score what would have been the game-tying goal here uh, in a game where the Rangers basically trailed the entire way. So that would have been awesome if Lemieux was able to convert here. Alas, he wasn't quite able to do it. He said a word that I cannot repeat after he failed to score on this play, but he does draw the power play, and the way the Ranger man advantage was firing on all cylinders in this game, you're thinking, okay, this is it. We're going to tie the game here. Equalizer's on the way. 
and based on the way the Rangers had played in the third period and the way they'd already played on the power play in this game, you really do feel good about their chances here. Unfortunately, it just doesn't happen. I will say Mika Zibanejad did a nice job here winning the first two face-offs of this power play. Unfortunately, the Devils got a clear on the second face-off when they got control of the puck not too long after that and got it out of the zone. Unfortunately, Mika Zibanejad missed something of an open net. I mean, it was a little bit of a tough angle, but I think this is a shot that he buries more often than not, so the Rangers just missing out on the equalizer there. And then Artemi Panarin takes a shot from the left circle, shoots, and Blackwood deflects out of play, and that's it for the man advantage. So they had some chances, just could not convert here. And then with about 5.30 left, the Rangers go with the stacked top line. They actually put Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Chris Kreider out there together, and they got some scoring chances. Adam Fox nearly converted. Uh, he made a spin move and took a shot that was stopped by Blackwood. And then the Rangers, with 3.24 remaining, uh, Bastion goes off for a hooking call on Brandon Lemieux. So the second... Uh, penalty that Brandon Lemieux has drawn in this game. Brandon Lemieux, I mean, again, if you're a Ranger fan, I think you got to love this guy. I don't know that he's somebody that's ever going to become an offensive juggernaut, but he just does all those little things that can help the Rangers win. And for my money, Brandon Lemieux can be a fourth-line player for the Rangers for the next decade. He's somebody that can be a tone setter for this team and somebody that just brings a lot of grit to the ice on every single night. But the power play starts. Zibanejad wins another faceoff in the offensive zone. Panarin takes a shot that's kicked away by Blackwood. And then the play that I think probably kept a lot of Ranger fans up at night. So the Rangers are moving the puck around great on this power play. And Strom receives a pass right on the doorstep. And it's looking like he is probably just going to pull the trigger and shoot and very likely score on this play. But instead, Strom went for the one extra pass to Chris Kreider and he misfired. Strom's got to put this puck into the net. I mean, I... Again, I don't want to kill Ryan Strom. We're only three games into the season. I, I do think he's off to a little bit of a slow start this season, and it's a case where you're just trying to make the perfect pass. Uh, maybe some Ranger fans even had flashbacks to last season when every player on the Rangers, it seemed like, would pass rather than shoot. But yeah, I, th I think Strom's got to just take the shot here, and if the save is made, then the save is made. You tip your cap and you move on. But uh, yeah, golden opportunity for Ryan Strom here to bury this buck for the equalizer. Would have been a big play for Strom, because like I said, I do think he's off to a little bit of a slow start this season. So to get the game-tying goal late in the third period here, that would have been awesome for him. I'm sure a lot of his teammates would have been very happy for him as well. But the power play continues, and then the Rangers pull Igor Shesterkin with about 2.04 remaining. So you get the 6-on-4, and unfortunately just not able to find the equalizer. The power play expires, and the Devils do take an icing with 11.8 seconds left, so a little bit of hope here for the Rangers, but you got to win the faceoff. They're not able to do that. The Devils get the clear, and that's pretty much that. And Zibanejad, near the end of this game, doubled over on the bench. We'll look for any updates from Ranger practice, because it looks like he's being held out for what they're calling a maintenance day. Again, that's a very vague term, but Mika Zibanejad and Brandon Lemieux both missing from practice for maintenance days, and that is something we will keep our eye on moving forward. Hopefully, the fact that the Rangers are off today and off tomorrow uh, bodes well for their chances of playing in Friday night's game against the Penguins, the first road game of the season. And one other thing that I wanted to talk about earlier, we'll get to it now. Obviously, as you guys know, the Rangers stuck with the same lineup from Saturday night against the Islanders to Tuesday night against the Devils, and it makes sense when you think about it. They were coming off of a fantastic bounce-back performance against the Islanders. You don't want to tinker with the lineup too much, uh, but that also meant that Tony D'Angelo was a healthy scratch for the second consecutive game. But David Quinn, this is an important distinction to make. He mentioned that D'Angelo was no longer a healthy scratch for disciplinary reasons. Obviously, the second game of the season, D'Angelo was pulled out of the lineup and made a healthy scratch for disciplinary reasons after he, you know, didn't really play all that great on opening night and took a couple of penalties against the Islanders. So that was for discipline. This one, not for discipline, though. It was just a case of let's stick with the same lineup that just got us a 5-0 win. So uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to handle it going forward. It's going to be very interesting to keep track of this defenseman situation because there's seven guys for six spots right now. And as far as today's practice, I think it's worth pointing out that we had 
another shuffling of the deck here. Ryan Lingren and Adam Fox, uh, once again, skating together. You'll get no arguments from me there. I mean, I think Lingren and Truba could have been fun, but not a banner night for them on Tuesday against the Devils. And then the second pairing, at least if you're going by this depth chart here, you had Ke'Andre Miller back out there with Jacob Truba. And then the third pairing, Jack Johnson with Tony D'Angelo. So Brennan Smith would appear to be the odd man now, although it should be noted that Brennan Smith and Liber Hayek were both practicing with the team, the varsity squad, if you will, and rotating in for some shifts. So uh, we'll see how they handle it. Like I said, it's going to be a very fascinating situation to keep track of moving forward. I think it's time for Jack Johnson to sit down for a game. I mean, I don't think he's been terrible. I know a lot of Ranger fans were bashing him. There was an instance early in this game in the first period, that 10-minute or 12-minute uh, chunk of the action there where the Rangers were not playing very well. Uh, Johnson did have a bad turnover. He was looking to skate the puck out of the zone, and basically a devil just snuck up behind him, picked his pocket, and the devil's got a scoring opportunity. I don't think Johnson's been terrible. I mean, he didn't have a good night on opening night, but no Ranger had a good night on opening night. But I think... It's his turn to sit down because I think Brendan Smith has played pretty well. I think it's time to get Tony D'Angelo back out there. And by process of elimination, that means Jack Johnson is the odd man out. But we'll see how they look to play it. It looks like, at least if you go by these pairings here, it might be Brendan Smith who once again has a seat as a healthy scratch. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.